is the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And a good Saturday morning to you and yours. It is Dave Rothenberg on the Hockey Show, 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Very hockey-like of me. I'm a a little bit under the weather. I don't feel that awful, but I know my voice is, I guess, a little scratchy, Uh a little... uh, little horse, but we will do the best to fight through on this Saturday morning. A uh, lot to get into, of course, the Rangers in their week, the Islanders in their week, and it looks like the Islanders are are on the verge of, of just about being done. The Devils in their week, um, a look back at what we saw years and years ago, a monumental moment in New York sports. We'll do that later. A look ahead to next week. So I think it's fair to say a very busy Hockey Show here on 98.7 ESPN. And, of course, the Hockey Show brought to you by the All-American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant. And, of course, Slomans. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Sloman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Well, Rangers played last Saturday. It was an afternoon affair on ABC against the Penguins in what would be a four-point swing game if one team got the win in regulation. And the Rangers came out and played a very, very good game. Uh, Scoreless at the end of one. Game, of course, in Pittsburgh. Scoreless at the end of two. And then in the third period, a penalty on the Rangers setting up a power play for the Penguins. And Evgeny Malkin with the goal, his eighth of the season, the power play goal. Brian Rust and Sidney Crosby with the assist made it one nothing, And sadly for the Rangers, that was it. Now, Igor Shosturkin was so good in this game that he got the third star in spite of not even getting the victory. Stopped 25 of the 26 shots thrown his way. The only goal scorer was Evgeny Malkin. Uh, he got the second star with the goal. Uh, And Tristan Jarry was just absolutely phenomenal in net for the Penguins. He stopped all 27 shots thrown his way as the Rangers could not put any by Jarry. And the Rangers fell 1-0. Shots on goal. Now, like I mentioned, 27 shots for the Rangers, 26 for the Penguins. Uh, Face-offs was was somewhat close. Um, Rangers won a 26-22 at a 54% clip. Power plays. I guess herein lies the difference. Rangers had two opportunities. They were 0 for 2. Penguins had two opportunities. And like they mentioned, I mentioned earlier, uh, they did capitalize on one and they were 1 for 2. And of course, they win the game 1 to nothing. It felt like the Rangers, I thought they played well. Felt like they gave absolutely every ounce of energy and everything they had in that loss on Saturday in Pittsburgh. The same can't be said for the game on Sunday back at the Garden against Vancouver because the game you could argue was was really over early uh, and the Rangers have, haven't lost two in a row in quite some time and losing the game on Saturday and then back at the garden on Sunday night uh, fell behind one nothing just three minutes into the game Tanner Pearson with the goal making it one zip Tyler Myers uh, with the goal at 1921 late stages of period one makes it two nothing by the time the second period was over it was four nothing and this game really was it was just a, a bloodbath for the Rangers Myers with the third star Matthew Highmore a goal and an assist with the uh, the second star and 
Thatcher Demko was really nothing short of sensational uh, in between the pipes for the Canucks. 31 saves, a, a 940 save percentage, and Demko gets your first star of the game. Uh, you can't complain about the amount of chances the Rangers had. They had 33 shots on goal, and they were able to put two of them past Demko, but in the end, it was just too little, too late. Rangers fall at the Garden 5-2. to two. So, then they get a couple days off, back at it at Wednesday of this week, and you think to yourself, against a, a gritty, you know, veteran team in the St. Louis Blues, this is a game the Rangers, they have to figure out a way to win. They did not play well last Sunday. They now had days off. They're home yet again. And the thought process, I thought, had to be, all right, let's find a way to win this game. And Alexei Lafreniere has been much better of late. Um, got things started for the Rangers midway through the first at 8.55, to be exact, making it one nothing for the Blue Shirts. That lead held into the second. That's when Ryan Strom actually made it 2 nothing for the Rangers. So this is interesting. Watching the game... Uh, in the, the kitchen breakfast area with my kids. And there's four minutes to go in the second period. And we determine, what. let's just watch the end of the second period, and then we'll hustle upstairs, everyone will shower, we'll get ready for bed, and we'll watch the third period together upstairs. By the time we left the kitchen area to go upstairs, in that four-minute span, the Rangers now trailed. All right, Blues scored at 17.30, 18.37, and 19.44. And we're sitting there, could not believe what had transpired. Rangers now trailing 3-2. to two. So now you realize the Rangers have lost two games in a row. They're home. They've had time off for this game. A lot of importance around this game. Led to nothing. Now trail this game by the score of 3-2 to two heading into the third period. So you didn't feel good about it. But in the third period, Rangers really played a good, solid period. Patrick Nemeth with the goal, tying it at three. Guess who scored the game-winning goal at 11.40 on the power play? That's Chris Kreider from, I mean, you listen to this goal. Kreider from Fox and Panarin, right? It's a power play goal, the 35th of Kreider. And then Panarin with an empty netter, making it 5-3. Rangers needed that victory. They got that victory. Huge win for the Rangers, breaking that two-game slide. Let's hear from the Rangers head coach, Gerard Gallant. After the game, what was the locker room like after that barrage at the end of the second period? What was it like as you went to intermission into the locker room? Disappointment, you know, frustration over, you know, basically falling asleep for two and a half minutes. I mean, you give up three goals like that and we're in control. Not saying they were the better team, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying we were in two nothing, we're in control of the game and, you know, get after. They get one, you can live with that, that happens, but to give up three goals like that, it was pretty discouraging, so I didn't have to say much. Now, Shesterkin was in net, and again, none of the goals are really his fault. Just really brilliantly placed shots, and at the end of 40 minutes, the Rangers trailed this one by the score of 3-2. And then, as a fan, as a, as a member of the media, whoever, you, you start to kind of have that could this spiral, right? I mean, they've lost two in a row. Now they trail. They fell apart at the end of the second period. And the answer is an, an, an emphatic no. It, it can't, and it won't. What does it say about your team, Gerard Gallant, that they came back and won this game after trailing after two periods? Well, it's, it's a great thing to have, but like I said, I, I was really disappointed giving up those three like that. I mean, Chesky just played his tail off again tonight. He made some unbelievable saves in that first period. The last eight minutes of that period, he was incredible to keep us the one nothing lead. And then, like I said, in this, late in the second, I thought we played pretty good in the second overall. And then late in the second, we just, after that late TV timeout, they came out and got three. But again, stuff like that happens when you got character on your team, good leadership. They find a way and they dug down between periods. 
And a good job by the Rangers in that third period came out. I wouldn't say firing, but got the goal from Nemeth. And then Rangers, and I thought this was the turning point of the game. Power play for the Rangers. First unit had been out for um, the bulk of the time, about a minute and a half, about 30 seconds to go in the power play. Rangers take a timeout. They're able to keep their number one power play on the ice, and they get the goal, Crowder from Fox and, and Panarin. And here is Gerard Gallant. Did you use your timeout to draw up that play on the power play? Well, Mike Kelly drew up a play. I don't know if he was, you know, just for the TVs or what it was, but uh, <laughs> we always know Kreider's going to that. So, I mean, we, we had, I think, 40 seconds left. And, you know, it was, what was it, 10 minutes left in the game. So we figured, you know, it's a good time to use a timeout and keep those guys out there and give them another chance. And it worked. So, fortunately, it went our way. Well, it certainly did go the Rangers' way. Gave him a 4-3 lead. Empty netter made it 5-3. Maybe an unsung hero for the Rangers. Greg McKegg, what is the head coach's thought on uh, on this gritty, tough player? Yeah, Kegger was big. I mean, that's what Kegger does for us. You know, sometimes you look at him out there and you said he doesn't bring much offense, but he does that gritty stuff and does the right thing with the puck, and uh, he did a great job in the PK. If you had your bingo card out and you thought Kegger for Greg McKegg, then congratulations, you can cross that little X out. Uh, Gerard Gallant, more on his team and feels like Alexei Lafreniere has started to turn the corner in his second season scores again. He scored the opening goal in that game on Wednesday night. Here is uh, Gallant on Laffey scoring yet again. Yeah, made some real good plays, had some good chances and had a couple of bad shifts, but for the most part of the game, they were, they were good. Uh, they worked hard and, you know, Laffey's staying hot and I know every time he scores, obviously the kid gets some chances. So playing a good game for us. And he continues to get better as year two, uh, continues along here for the New York Rangers and Alexei Lafreniere. Uh, resiliency, it's a word you hear about in sports all the time. Here is Chris Kreider after the game discussing really just the resilient nature of him and his teammates. I mean, there are going to be certain nights where you don't have it, um, but being able to dig in and you know, do whatever it takes to win hockey games. I mean, obviously that's certainly easier when you've got the best goal in the world, but at the same time, you know, being able to find our game, being able to forget about bad shift or bad period, not let it stack, not kind of letting the frustration overcome us and not just going out and working to work, but starting to work hard and work for each other and communicate. I think those are obviously very important things, things that we can build on, but we do need to build on those things. We need to be better. A very, very upbeat, emotional Chris Kreider after the uh, victory over the Blues on Wednesday night. What was a a tad bit emotional, and they had fun with it, but was the return of Pavel Buchnevich and uh, hadn't been back to the Garden since the Rangers traded him uh, in the offseason. And, you know, you got a a lot of Butch chants, and there was a a quick moment before the game where they showed a little video, and you had that reminiscing. And, of course, he's very tight with Igor Shesterkin. So it was nice to see Buchnevich back to the Garden. And it was, yeah, it's very cute. And it was also nice to see uh, the Rangers get the best of uh, Buchnevich and and the Blues. Uh, Buch did have five shots on goal, but finished minus two in nearly 19 minutes of ice time. And here is Kreider asked, uh, was it weird going up against uh, Buchnevich in this one? We were joking because one of our first shifts, Mika tried to hit me back door and he almost tipped it in. (laughs) Chemistry was still alive. Yeah, I mean, it's always weird, especially the first time when you play with a guy for a long time, seeing him in another jersey, having him on the other side. Um, it's definitely strange. I mean, it was weird against Mark Stahl for that first game. Where you suck. It's, it's uh, hard to say anything about it. It was just a weird feeling. You know, you, you battle with a guy for so long and then to have him on the other side. 
And you heard stories how he went out with his former teammates on Tuesday night and to be back in the garden in New York City. And uh, he was a terrific Ranger. And you reminisce fondly of him and you wish him nothing but uh, well and luck. And also pleased if you're a Rangers fan that he came back to the garden and his team was unable to get the victory against the Blue Shirts. All right. All that wrapped up into the first segment. But before we go and move on to the Islanders, we have a giveaway. An autographed New York Rangers puck, in fact, to give away. It's very easy to enter. All you do is text GOAL, that's G-O-A-L, to 44202. Again, that's GOAL to 44202. What we'll do is select a winner at random and send them the signed puck, all from your home for the hookup. Your good friends right here on 98.7 ESPN. So what do we have to come later on in the hockey show? It's a great question. Uh, The Islanders, it feels like we're on the verge of this thing being done. The Devils, can they play spoiler down the stretch of the season? We'll look ahead to the week that's on the way. And what happened on this day in hockey history way back in 1985? And there was an interesting tidbit the other night between Tampa and Pittsburgh. All that on the way. It is the Hockey Show. I'm Dave Rothenberg. This is a Saturday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN. Andy from Merrick presents today's Defensive Analytics. Sponsored by Slomans, the leader in home defense. Is there anything as crucial to winning hockey than a solid penalty kill? All three of the locals are among the better special teams in the NHL each with a PK percentage over 81. Now back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And Saturday morning rolls along with The Hockey Show. We touched on the Rangers, segment one. Now we'll look at the Islanders, and in just moments, it'll be the New Jersey Devils. So to stay in the hunt, the Islanders, it's fairly simple. They need points, and they need lots of them. And unfortunately for the Islanders, they're not getting them right now. So since we did the show last Saturday morning, the Islanders finished up their West Coast trip. Uh, They lost two of their last three. We'll run through those. Uh, And then... They came home on on Thursday night of this week, and they lost to the Canucks, who now finished up their little road trip against the three locals. So let's quickly run through what we saw from the Islanders on this road trip, and then we'll look at what they did on Thursday. We'll hear from Barry Trotz, and we'll kind of put a bow on the Islanders uh, for this week. So a week ago, last Saturday, Islanders at the Kings, and uh, this one fell apart very, very quickly. Islanders trailed 2-0 at the end of the first. Uh, Quinton Byfield uh, scored early in the second to make it 3-0. Uh, Anders Lee did light the lamp for the Isles, making it 3-1. And uh, J.G. Pajot made it 4-2 in the third. But it was just, it really was just too much Kings. And the Islanders uh, lost the game last Saturday by the final of 5-2. Uh, Sunday was actually really good news for the Islanders because on the road yet again in Anaheim and Ilya Sorokin was nothing short of lights out against the Ducks. In the first period, Noah Dobson uh, scored the first goal, his ninth of the season, making it 1-0. In the second period, Casey Sezikis makes it 2-0 early stages at 1-33. Andy Green makes it 3-0, and Kiefer Bellows makes it 4-0. So you're 
your three stars of the game, Troy Terry, the third star, Noah Dobson, the second star, and the obvious first star was Ilya Sorokin, who stopped all 34 shots thrown his way. Islanders get a 4 nothing win on the road in Anaheim. So maybe a little bit of positive feel for the Islanders after the game on on Sunday. Now, Tuesday, they get the win on Sunday. They traveled to Colorado, and, and I thought they played fairly well. The problem is you went up against a beast of a team in the avalanche. I mean, really, they, they just don't lose, especially at home. Islanders actually, it was 1-1 at the end of the first period. Uh, Colorado scored first, and Ryan Pulak scored the goal to tie the game at one at the end of the first. Second period, uh, Avalanche took a 2-1 lead, but Peugeot scored to tie it at two, and and Palmieri scored to give the Islanders a 3-2 lead 40 minutes in. And you think to yourself, you know what? We somehow get it even into a shootout, steal the extra point, get the two points. Doesn't matter if Colorado gets gets the point. Makes no difference to us. Uh, just wasn't meant to be. Three unanswered goals in the third period for Colorado. And the Islanders lose this one by the score of 5-3. to three. And that's what happened. When you leave yourself absolutely no margin for error, it makes it very, very difficult. So Islanders finish off the road trip, losing two of their last three. And then they come back um, to UBS Arena on Thursday night of this week. And they held the lead. And you felt good about it. And it's two points, and we've played this game before, that they absolutely have to get. But they didn't. Noah Dobson scores uh, in the second after a scoreless first period, giving the Islanders a one nothing lead. Two goals by Vancouver. The second from J.T. Miller, and he's certainly on the trade uh, block right now, it seems like, from Vancouver. Uh, makes it 2-1 for the Canucks. But late stage of the second period, Kyle Palmieri scores, tying the game at two. Early stages of the third, Anthony Bovillier scores, unassisted as ninth of the year. Islanders now have a 3-2 lead. But it fell apart from there. Game tying goal at 9.34. And 45 seconds later, the game winning goal for the Canucks. Islanders can't tie the game in the final nine and a half minutes and lose another two points, another game, and fall to the Canucks by the score of 4-3. to three. After the game, the head coach of the Islanders spoke. Here is Barry Trotz on not being able to hold the lead in the third. Yeah, obviously I'm disappointed. I thought there was a pretty good offensive team. Created a lot of movement. They got some some good pieces. I thought in the, the first period was, a, I thought we stayed above them. Didn't give them a whole lot. And it was a, a really good first period for us. Coming back from a long road trip, just a quick turnover. We got here last, you know, yesterday late afternoon, playing a lot of games. I, I thought it was really good for a team that was rested, you know, and uh, coming off a, I think they got beat 7-2. So we knew they were going to come. I thought the first period we did, we managed it really well. Early in the second, I thought we did a really good. We played in spurts, I thought. We were on top when we get that first, the lead. And for us, we got trapped. In the second period, it was, to me, it was, we had the puck. We did a good job defending. We had the puck and we turned it over. And we turned it over way too many times. And then some of our decisions where we finally get it out of our end. And that's the time in the second period, just put it into place, get it deep, get a change, live the fight another day. And we try to make another play. And it started all over and they come right back. And that's how the first goal came. And a 3-2 lead um, led to a 4-3 deficit, and the Islanders, of course, lose this one 4-3. You heard brief mention from Barry Trotz about turnovers really kind of impacting his team negatively. In fact, he goes a little further and says that was the difference in the game. 
just turnovers. I mean, to me, there's an old saying, turnovers are like ex-wives. If you have too many, they cost you a lot, and it cost you more and more. And it's so true, and that was the second period. And we had the puck on, the, on our stick, even on a, a tying goal. We had the puck on our stick, we failed, but we were in position, and then all of a sudden we just left position. Low forward in that case, left position. I don't know where he went, and then, well, I know where he went, but they end up scoring because we just didn't hold position. That is funny man Barry Trotz about ex-wives and turnovers. Um, last year, Islanders would make a mistake and, and they would rebound and they'd be okay because I don't know whether it was resilience or they just found a way. This year, they haven't really been able to. Here is Barry Trotz on the team not being able to bounce back after those costly mistakes. There's two sides of that story, I think. You know, our mentality is the same. We have a, a veteran group that should be able to handle it. We understand the principles of it, but we haven't been able to do it. The league, you can't dominate in this league. It's it's a league of parity. It's a, it's a game of inches all the time. And we've earned the right to be in games. The last two games were good examples. We, there's good things in our game that you would like, but we, you know, every mistake that we make, it seems to end up in the back of our net, where last year and maybe the year before it didn't. And we're, there's a little payback, maybe. Uh, as I say, the hockey gods uh, are maybe paying us back a little bit. And then, you know, we get an opportunity and a good example the other game, it's on the line and we we seem to not get it over the line or we keep it from going in. So it is a little frustrating, probably more than anything. But, you know, there's a lot of, lot of things in that game. And for me, the effort's there and they're, they're a really good group to work with. But we're not getting results and we're working, you know, we're, we're working our tails off and we're not getting results. So keeping the mind, understanding that you just stay with the process. It almost feels like the Islanders were behind the eight ball even before anything got started this year, right? They had the first, what, 12 games on the road because they were finishing up UBS. COVID hit them and they were playing shorthanded and uh, you just sometimes you have those kind of years and it feels like this has been one of those kind of years. So where are they currently? Uh, Still have games in hand. They've played 51. So Islanders have 31 games remaining, but they're 20, 23, and 8. Currently, they have 48 points, and they got to catch 67. So 19 points behind. It's nearly impossible to envision that that is going to happen for this team. And Coach uh, Optimistic still saying, even though they're not winning games, he still thinks his team is playing pretty decent hockey. There's a lot of things in our game. We went on that the last road trip, played some good teams. My thought, when, for the most part, being on the road, we played a lot of uh, a lot of good minutes in, in, in the games. We didn't get maybe as many points as we'd like, but it was a 500 trip, which was pretty good again when you go out there. And uh, I thought our game had enough substance tonight where you know we, we'd get a point and we don't. And that's probably been the, the, the frustrating part of the whole thing. I mean, I know when we left on that trip against Montreal, we actually came back against Montreal. Then we got points I think we were we're sitting there with points in four straight games and really didn't feel like it and then they you know Montreal went on to I think they won four in a row after us so this league's uh, all about parity and anybody can beat you any, any night and Vancouver's a real good offensive hockey team and I thought for the most part you take away the second period and that was all us it was all turnovers we handled it pretty well we just we need a break here and there you need that one more save you need that one one more shot that goes in and all turns but the attitude is 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 good on that group they're just at times a little frustrated they felt they put the effort in that they should have got a point and I do too a lot of these games come down to one little play and one little break and then it kind of snowballs and either it works in your advantage or it works against you and this full season feels like it's kind of worked against Barry Trotz and his Islanders team more from Trotz thoughts on a couple of guys that have started to feels like raise the level of their game and that's Wallstrom and Bellows 
You know, a little bit with, with Belly, I thought decisions. That's the first goal started. He, we were tired and, and he wanted to make another play and it ended up going the other way. I thought Wally, his offensive game was had some pop to it. He got frozen with a little bit of the movement that, that Vancouver throws at you, which is still part of his learning process. But I like the way he was uh, he was skating and he had some pop in his offensive game, uh, for sure. So 38 shots on goal for Vancouver on Thursday night, uh, 34 saves. So it's not like Varlamov was awful in this one. Overall, coach, how did uh, how'd your netminder look? We finally gave him more than one goal. I thought Varley was pretty good for us. I mean, he kept us uh, in the second period when we kept turning the puck over. I thought he made some some pretty good saves. He's moving better. I feel like he's catching up to the train a little bit of how much time he's missed this year and the stops and starts of, of our season. So he's starting to look like the Varley that we all know and love. I mean, he, I thought he had a really strong game for us in, in L.A. And we just didn't give him any support that game. And that has obviously been an issue all year for the Islanders is just lack of uh, consistency offensively. So they've made some shifts uh, with some line combinations. Barry Trotz, what are your thoughts on uh, what you've done there? I think the the Pajot's line has got some some chemistry to it. It's got some good balance to it. I think Nelson's line has been fairly productive. They're getting a lot of the you know on the road they got a lot of the heavier matchups. I would say Casey's line's the same. I think it's hard to judge the the, the Bailey Wallstrom Bellows line because they you know Bales is not a natural centerman, and you got two young guys that are, at times have played very well, and at times have made it more difficult on themselves just because of decisions and that's the learning curve and so they you know I, I try to manage them a little bit you know especially on the road you have to manage them, who your matchups are they get last change and today I, I liked our our matchups for the most part but I doubled up I doubled up uh, if you noticed I doubled up uh, Pajot the odd time and Nelson the odd time with uh, either Bailey and Bellows or Bailey and Wallstrom did that a little bit but not enough we got to continue to get production through all lines and and again, offensively, the, the Islanders certainly have struggled. And they struggled last year, but somehow every time they needed a big goal, they got it this year. It has not been uh, the same. So there's our little look at the Islanders. We've looked at the Rangers as well. And when we return, we'll look at the Devils, who put up seven earlier this week. We've got to get into that. And we will on this Saturday morning. It is the Hockey Show. I'm Dave Rothenberg with you right here on 98.7 ESPN. Today's Hockey Heart Spotlight shines on the Long Island Blues hockey team, a not-for-profit organization for children and young adults with developmental disabilities, such as Down syndrome and autism, who get to participate in the sport they love to play. The program teaches skating and hockey skills and the opportunity to play on a team sport. Playing hockey assists individuals with a disability to be more successful, both within and outside the hockey environment. This weekend is the Long Island Blues Winter Classic. Come out and support the team at this great event. Or for more information, contact the Long Island Blues at 631-585-5945. Hockey Heart Spotlight is brought to you by the law offices of Andrew M. Cohn. For two decades, providing high-end legal services for families who have a child with a disability. The power play is to call 516-877-0595 or go to the web at amcohenlaw.com. Now back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All-American Auto Group. The number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. It is the Hockey Show. It is a Saturday morning. 
98.7 ESPN. Joe Wiz comes your way in just a little bit, and then I'll be back at, at 9 o'clock this morning to give you tons of um, sports breakdown analysis and, and fun, I think it's fair to say. Um, we'll look at the Devils in just a moment, but my producer on the hockey show, Anthony Pusick, has, and I don't know anything about this, something that needs to happen right now. Anthony Take it away, explain what's happening, and, and I'm I'm sure it's going to be putting me on the spot. Well, hi, Dave. How are you? I'm great. Thanks I, I for think, waking up on this Saturday morning. Oh, ha- happy to be here. I, I think you deserve the Bill Masterson trophy for your courage, your bravery, okay. playing hurt today. Let's start off with that. Well, thank you for, for that. Now, over the last two weeks, you've caught a lot of heat on the station, particularly from Ty Butler. He won't be here later today. He's on vacation. Vacation. Everybody can get vacation, by the way, Dave. Did you hear during a book now? That's amazing. Unbelievable news. I will not be taking vacation because I'm a hard worker. Of course. Rick was off I will not be taking vacation until end of June. I heard Buster and Company yesterday. Very well done. Thank you. Very well done. Yes, Buster's a big fan of mine now. As he should be. And the tweet? Oh, amazing. Yep. I'm gaining followers by the bucketful. As and you know what, and and they'll all appreciate it as long as they enjoy it up until Giant season. Then they'll see. You'll see how how long you keep those. You guys think I lose Giants them all during Giant season? I don't season? know if you lose them all, but they 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 don't know what they're up against. This is subdued, Dave, right now. Oh yeah, no, I'm very benign. There's I no baseball. Say, the Rangers yeah. are good, right? George right. Fenn stinks, so they I'm oh, kind of dead George. inside with them. And oh. yes, you're right. When the Giants get rolling, and I'm very excited about the Giants, but I don't want to waste hockey show time. No, 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 on these other topics. I want I want to continue along with the hockey show. So what what, what do you have here? Well, uh, it was more to the point of you were getting a lot of heat this this week and last week because people say you cheat. Oh yeah. During Stump Rothenberg, is this a real college? I heard the whole thing. The Horn Frog. It was very funny. So I thought to myself, let me create a mini game for Dave to lead him into his show at nine when he's ready for Stump Rothenberg and is this a real college? Let's do, uh-huh. not is this real college, that's, that's a different game. The where did this person go to college game? Okay. So let's do that with the three locals, Dave. How does that sound? Now, oh God. hockey, you're, you're, you're not going, usually you're not. I don't know how good I'm going to be with the, with the hockey edition. I but don't know. We'll see. We'll all see. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to keep it to people that you'd know. Only three locals, three locals, each one from a local team, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. I've got, for the New York Rangers, mm-hmm. where did Chris Kreider go to college? All right, so Kreider went to, it's definitely a Boston school. This could get you in trouble with Rick, by the way. No, I don't think this is going to get me in trouble with Rick. He went to Boston College. Look at that. Yeah, you're one to know to start the morning. Never have you been one to know at seven forty ish in the morning. Never have I. And on top of that, if you remember, Chris Kreider played his first NHL game in the postseason. That's right. Following his stint at Boston College. That's right. Now okay. you're just showing off. See, well, now you're confident. What well, we're hanging on the rim now. All right, so All right, we're one we for one. Let's go with the Devil, former Ranger, Jimmy VC. He's a Midwestern guy. Mm-hmm. VC. Oh, God. Is he Michigan? Is he Michigan State? Hmm. Well, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Is he Harvard? Oh, yeah, he's Harvard, isn't he? And now here's why I did this, Dave. Because you had no idea this was coming. No idea. You had no idea. And I figured it's hockey, which you don't often do. And, and you're not in my wheelhouse. And it's not in the wheelhouse. So if I shock you at 7 o'clock in the morning, 
Maybe you're looking it up. Ty would probably say you are. I don't think you are. No, I'm not. There's one no, more. No reason to. Because I, I got to tell you, if I get it wrong, yeah, I don't think there's any embarrassment. I don't if think I, so. If I get it, if I get it wrong, I I think it's I think it's fine. The the, the transition from thinking Jimmy VC was a Midwestern guy to getting getting Harvard, I'm very impressed. Well, because I impressed. I was thinking about somebody else. I'm very impressed, but not surprised. Now VC is the one that had there was like a bizarre issue. Like he was, was he Nashville, and then he wouldn't report there, and then he he went up with the Rangers, and he, he went back there, and they just destroyed him. Him and that, Fox had similar, yeah, had similar issues in that regard. Everybody wanted to become a become a New York Ranger. Well, you can't blame them for that. One of them worked out well. VC's still in this in the league, yeah. so good for him. There you go. One more, Dave. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Islanders captain Anders Lee. Now Lee, I believe, is is was a multi sport athlete. I think he was also like football player of the year. He's a Notre Dame guy. I gotta tell you, Dave, if this is any indication of how Stump Rothenberg and where did this person go to college is three for three on an impromptu game of where did the local hockey players go to college? Well, uh, I feel you. I feel so good. In fact, I've completely lost my train of thought with the hockey show. Like I I just feel like we should continue. Um, this edition of where did this guy go to college? You think right you're going to be hearing from R.J. Bell in an hour? No, I don't think R.J. Bell will call. No, because well, thinking that you're already at 10:30 in the morning. I'm try- I, I'm sorry if I if I knocked you off your game, Dave. You you knocked me off my game a little bit, but I'm a professional. This is what I do, of course. And I think we can get right back at it. So let's get right back at it. Uh, I expected maybe a two and one when you started there. Three and zero oh does surprise me. The VC had me for a moment, uh, but then I was able to rebound. So let's let's look. At the Devils. Devils had a couple of games this week. First, they played on Monday, and they didn't just beat Vancouver. They humiliated Vancouver. They win this game 7-2. Now I can hear people saying, well, Vancouver, maybe they, they gave everything they had the night before against the Rangers. They're staying in the metropolitan area. But still, you go beat a team 7-2. to Jack Hughes, who, by the way, was your first star of the game uh, for the Devils. Leads this, the way in scoring, scores his, uh, his 16th of the season, uh, unassisted, making it one nothing. By the end of the first, a goal by Dawson Mercer made it 3 nothing for the Devils. It was 3-1, and then it was 6-1 um, as the Devils exploded for three goals in the second, a goal in the third by Dougie Hamilton. And by the time this thing was all said and done, 7-2 Devils, your final score. Now, the next night, the Devils took on... Columbus, and they jumped out very similar fashion. Just 54 seconds in, Jack Hughes scores again, this time on the power play, unassisted, one nothing. but the Blue Jackets rattled off one, two, three in a row, making it 3-2 early in the second. Uh, Devils cut it to 3-2. A goal from line A makes it 4-2, and the Devils cut it to 4-3, but at the end of the day, they lose this one by the score of four to three. Here is Lindy Ruff, uh, head coach of the Devils, post game on the loss to Columbus. I don't think we were as near as sharp as we were in the first period. Out of the first period, we came out, passed the puck real well, creating all kinds of chances, and you know we didn't capitalize. I thought that's probably the biggest difference in the game. We could have easily made that game two nothing, and it probably would have changed the whole complexion. But you know, as it turned out, they end up getting a couple and hurt us. Like like we mentioned, the second period is where it kind of turned around negatively for the Devils. So what exactly happened in the second, Coach? I think a little bit of the momentum got changed as the power play got out there. Gave them a little bit of time. You know, I thought they came out a little bit more aggressive. I thought they skated better. We, we knew they were going to have a better push. They didn't come up very good in the first. You know, It seemed that they were winning more 50-50 battles, and they were creating uh, better opportunities off of that. 
And what can you uh, what can you and your team learn from this loss against Columbus? If we execute the way we did in the first and finish, you know, we're going to win a lot of games. We didn't. There are going to be pockets of play that the other team is going to have a push. And, you know, you've got to play well defensively. I think, you know, we've got burned on a couple goals, just individual mistakes, individual players getting beat. That happens. You know, whether you, you look at the, the first play of the game where, you know, we hit our guy for a breakaway, they take a penalty, we score a goal. You know, those types of situations are, you got to take away some of the individual moments inside the game. Quite a few of their chances, like you said, came off of we had the puck, mishandled, or didn't handle it well enough to get it out of our zone. All right, so recently, and I don't know if you know this, but we'll bring it to your attention here on the Hockey Show. The Devils brought back uh, recently retired Travis Zajac to to practice, kind of a, a veteran presence for the young team. Here is Lindy Ruff on the impact that a guy like Zajac can have in returning to practice. You know, he's probably one of the better two-way players that's ever played here. Knows how to play the, the game right. Was a real good face-off player. So he's been awesome. He's been sitting in our meetings and he goes out there and he works with the young guys and talks to them about a lot of different situations. And, you know, I think he garners a lot of respect just for the fact that he just come off playing. So good news that they have Zajac back kind of working with some of the younger guys. What can Zajac learn as a coach sitting in and, and watching this young club uh, practice? As a player, you get to see some of the detail that coaches go into. And the reason why we want to practice a certain way or the reason why we want to try to put in a certain drill and execute it to a, to a certain level. You know, sometimes the players will look at it and go, not this drill again. But, you, you know, you're, you're trying to drive home that here's what we're trying to accomplish. And a lot of drills come out of... You know, sit in a meeting for half an hour and say, well, let's do this on the drill or let's do that. Because somebody has to invent the drills that are going on every day. And it usually comes from a meeting and a lot of X's and O's. And let's try to execute this and, and have players go to a certain place. And again, I can say this to have a you know player his caliber sitting in on the meetings. Uh, it's been awesome. All right. So let's hear from the man of the hour who is kind of back with this Devils organization, Travis Zajac. The impact of uh, his veteran presence with some of these young guys at Devils practices. Just to be out there and be a positive influence more than anything, I think. You know, like you said, they're a young team. They have a lot of energy. They have a lot of skill. They have a lot of talent. Just making sure they're always in, you know, the right mindset that, you know, you're out there to get better. You're out there to grow as a player and have fun doing that. So there you have it. Zajac back kind of helping the Devils. Devils one and one on the week. Quick break when we return. Oh, do we have a lot to do this day in hockey history? And we'll look ahead to what we have from the three locals this coming week. It is the hockey show. I'm Dave Rothenberg with you on a Saturday morning right here on 987 ESPN. Let's get a little extra money in your pocket. Andy from Merrick presents Wager Plays for the weekend of March 5th and 6th. Today, the New York Islanders have an afternoon tilt at UBS Arena against the St. Louis Blues. Smart Money goes on the visitors against the struggling Islanders. On Sunday, those same St. Louis Blues visit the Devils at the Prudential Center. Expect Jack Hughes and the Young Devils to put up a lot of goals. Bet the over with confidence. And finally, the Broadway Blue Shirts play in Winnipeg, Sunday night at 7 p.m. It's the Rangers' first matchup with the Jets since February of 2020, and I expect Panarin, Kreider, and company to have no problem winning this game with ease. Andy from Merrick's wager plays are for entertainment only. As always, bet with your head, not with your heart. Gambling problem? Dial 877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. 
Back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All-American Auto Group. The number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And of course, it is the Hockey Show on this Saturday morning. We've covered so much so quickly. Joe Wiz on the way in just moments here on 98.7 ESPN. Then I'm back at 9 o'clock this morning. Hockey Show is always brought to you by Slomans. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. All right, Islanders fans. This has been a, this has been a tough run for you and your team, but I'm going to put you in a good mood on this Saturday morning. Let's go into the Wayback Machine and take a look at this day in hockey history. Little local flair on this day in 1985. At this point, 11-year-old Dave Rothenberg watching Mike Bossy of the New York Islanders become the first player in NHL history to score 50 goals in eight consecutive seasons it is a remarkable feat and god knows if we get something to that level yet again so bossy also scored 50 goals uh in 50 games and 50 goals in eight consecutive seasons just a remarkable feat so hats off to one of the greats mike bossy uh this happened on thursday night and it doesn't really impact any of the locals but I don't have any recollection of this ever really happening. And that is a a head coach or a coach at all, for that matter, being thrown out of a hockey game. Well, maybe it does have a little local flavor because John Cooper, the head coach uh, of the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, who won back-to-back Stanley Cup titles, did go to Hofstra to get his degree. And he completely lost his mind against Pittsburgh on Thursday night. Here's a little sound of... Head coach of the Lightning, John Cooper. Here we go. It's going to be dropped to the right of Vasilevsky. Crosby will take the drop. Uh-oh. John Cooper just just gave it to Wes McCauley. And we'll see what happens here. He's still barking at him. So, extra minutes here. Wow. And there goes John Cooper down the tunnel. And that was it. That's courtesy of um, Bally Sports Tampa as the uh, head coach of the Lightning, John Cooper, ejected from a game. Uh, again, you, you, can, you can send me a tweet at Rothenberg ESPN. I don't ever remember a head coach getting thrown out of a, uh, a hockey game. I'll ask Rick uh, on Monday morning at 5 o'clock on 98.7 when we, we uh, do DPHO and Rothenberg, but I have no recollection of that ever happening. Uh, All right. Now let's take a look at the upcoming schedule presented by the All-American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Check them out online at allamericanford.net. Rangers, well, they will not be home for quite a while, and it's not an easy trip. Uh, Tomorrow, 6.30 against the Winnipeg Jets. You can catch that game over on 10.50 a.m., uh, day off on Monday, back at it Tuesday, 
7.30 on the road again. You can hear the game on 98.70 ESPN against the Minnesota Wild. And Ryan O'Reilly with some strong words after the Rangers beat the Blues this past week. Well, Rangers Blues in St. Louis this time. That's on Thursday also right here on 98.7 ESPN. Islanders, very busy week. In fact, they come up later today, right after me uh, at noon. They host the very same St. Louis Blues. You can hear that game right here on 98.7 at noon. Monday against the Avalanche again. Uh, That's on 10.50 at 7 o'clock. Also on Thursday, 7 o'clock against the Blue Jackets, and then Friday against the Winnipeg Jets. You can catch that game. All the games except for today's game for the Islanders you can catch on 10.50 a.m. Islanders in action four times this coming week. And the Devils, three games this week. Uh, Tomorrow, 1 o'clock at home against the St. Louis Blues. Then Tuesday as Colorado's tour of the Tri-State continues, uh, the Avalanche uh, pay a visit to uh, New Jersey. That's 7 o'clock on Tuesday. And then Thursday, the Winnipeg Jets also a 7 o'clock puck drop. So the Islanders are the busiest. They have four games. The Rangers will not be home uh, for the entirety of the week. They're at the Jets, at the Wild, and at the Blues. And the Devils will not be away from home for the entirety of the week. They are home to the Blues, home to the Avalanche, and home to the Winnipeg Jets as well. So uh, that's it for us. I mean, that was a show. Uh, we answered questions. We heard from coaches. We got into the, the minutiae of the locals. I, I feel like we did everything that you could possibly want on a Saturday morning to get your fix of a little hockey with the Rangers, the Islanders, and of course, the Devils. We have people to thank, and, and let's get to the thanking portion of the show. Anthony Pusick, who almost is like a co-host at this point on the show, came on, played a little Stump Rothenberg this morning in the earlier portion of the day and did a, a wonderful job. So big thanks to you who produced the show so well. Uh, Ray Dinahan, all the little details behind the scenes. Ray is always involved. Big thanks to you as well. And our executive producer on the hockey show, of course, is Andy from Merrick. So here's how it's going to work for the rest of your day. All right, let's just make sure you understand. Joe Wiz comes your way in just a moment, give you all the latest as far as the gambling tidbits and nuggets that you need. That's for starters. Then I'll be back from 9 to noon this morning, breaking down everything in the world of sports. And then some hockey at noon as the Islanders take on the Blues right here on 98.7 ESPN. Have a great hour. I'll catch you at 9 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.